Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! So it wasn't the first funeral I had ever done, but it was one of the first ones. And uh, uh, it was a, a elderly woman named Lillian. And uh, she passed away in old age, uh, very frail. Um, her husband, uh, Brud, um, for years had not been a churchgoer, but Lillian really prayed him into the kingdom. And when Brud retired, he came to faith and he never looked back. Uh, Brud passed away first. And then Lillian, she was on her own for quite a while. Then Lillian had a stroke and could barely talk. And as she was nearing the end, uh, Sandy and I went to her house to visit her. And our uh, just uh, Caleb had not been born yet, just Hannah and Megan. Megan was just a baby. And we brought with us uh, two-and-a-half-year-old Hannah and seven-month-old Megan. And my hope was that my kids would be used by God to encourage you know, Lillian in some way. And I really encouraged two-year-old Hannah to give Lillian a hug or a kiss. And she, unfortunately, was far more interested in playing with the dog. Um, but but seven-month-old Megan just bonded with Lillian. Uh, it was so wonderful to see, as it had been difficult for Lillian to communicate after a stroke, um, actually several strokes, um, just to see Lillian just brighten up at the sight of a baby and to hear Lillian just gaze into Megan's eyes and say over and over again in her broken speech, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And Megan, who is a rather serious little baby most of the time, just smiled back at Lillian, just soaking up the love of this this dear woman. You know, seeing Lillian and Megan together that day, I recall uh, it left me with a couple impressions. Uh, first came just from seeing Megan's little baby hand being held in in Lillian's hand that was worn and tired and fragile by her many years and, and, and her illness. And as I looked at Lillian's hand with its aged features, I pictured the transitions that hand must have gone through over the years. I pictured Lillian as a baby with tiny baby hands and, and then maybe as a little girl and then as a young woman and and seeing a picture of Brud, perhaps taking that hand in his for the first time as a young man, and and then a picture of that hand holding their baby Carol in her in her arms, and and then of doing her skilled work of of making so many beautiful afghans and quilts which she did over the years, and and then a picture of that hand letting Brud go as he went ahead of her to be with Jesus. Um, and with that picture, also for me though personally, came the realization that. Megan, my little Megan, little baby Megan, her hand also would go through similar transitions until hers too one day would be tired and worn out by the years. Uh, It was a picture of the temporary uh, transitory nature of this life. So that was one impression. Then the second impression I remember I had from seeing Lillian and Megan together was just the recognition of how very fragile Lillian looked during her last week of life, at least physically in her body. And then contrasting that with how very fragile uh, Megan was as a tiny baby. Both at the beginning of our lives and at the end, we human beings are very fragile creatures. And then somewhere in the middle of our lives, we get these delusions of our invincibility. But we are all very fragile. 
you know, in our gospel reading here in the in the book of Mark, as we're going through Mark these days during the season of Lent for this podcast, um, there's really three um, different interchanges, and they're all related, but there's these exchanges that happen between Jesus and uh, Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and uh, his enemies. They're trying to trap him, and, and they throw at him this thing about, you know, should we pay taxes to the government? And Jesus just brilliantly um, responds, you know, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar, the th- to God the things that are God's. Um, just totally threw him for a loop, unexpected answer that they were not expecting. And then the last exchange also, it was more, um, you actually had a scribe who actually, I think, really was an honest seeker, and he answered the question, or asked the question, what's the greatest commandment? And and uh, Jesus gave the answer, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. Uh, there's no greater commandment than these. And, and the scribe affirmed that. He was on the same page with Jesus there. He says, doing those things, it's much better than all sacrifices and burnt offerings. And Jesus said, you are close to the kingdom. <laughs> and no one would ask a question after that. But um, the middle the middle exchange is is what really kind of struck me and, and why it kind of led me to reflect on um, that first one of those first funerals I had because it speaks to the resurrection. Uh, Jesus uh, is speaking to the Sadducees, and the Sadducees were a sect of, uh, of the... Um, they were Jews of, of the time, that, but their political theological stream didn't believe that there was a resurrection, um, that basically... Uh, we would not be resurrected on the last day. That this is life is gone, all there is, and and they didn't believe in the entire Bible or the entire Old Testament. They just believed in the first five books of Moses, and so they kind of give this crazy scenario. They're trying to trap Jesus, trying to trying to show the ridiculousness of the resurrection, basically, and kind of trap Jesus and and foolishly you know, advocating for the resurrection, trying to answer a question about something, a scenario that they have. Um, but they're just thinking like mere men. They they don't see the bigger picture. There's so much they miss. And so Jesus responds, you know, you are mistaken about so many things. You're mistaken about the scriptures. You, you don't understand the power of God either. And Jesus kind of goes on. To, he, he gives an answer. talks about how when people rise from the dead, it's not going to be like here. Um but uh, what I find interesting, though, is when he does go to the scriptures and he he, he gives a kind of a, a scripture that, that speaks to the resurrection of the dead, basically. Um, but there's so many parts of the Bible he could have gone to. He could have gone to the Psalms. He could have gone to the prophets that speak of the immortality of the soul and the resurrection of the body at some point. Uh, even though it's not super clear in the Old Testament, it's there. But Jesus doesn't go to those passages because these are Sadducees. They didn't believe in those parts of the Bible. So he quotes from the part of the Bible that they did accept from the five first books of Moses. Uh, and so he, he quotes um, the passage where, uh, where Moses is at the burning bush and God spoke to him and says, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He says, he's not the God of the dead, but of the living. And he says, you are greatly mistaken. So I just take uh, really just comfort from those words of Jesus, um, and, and I hope you do too. Just when when doubts arise, boy, what, what does happen at death? I mean, is this life all there is? I mean, what's going to happen next? 
Um, we have one who has come from outside, Jesus, the Son of God, who has come into our world, and he has told us things that are true about the life to come. And so he, he says to us, do not be afraid. This life is not all there is. Yes, we are very fragile creatures. As babies like Megan and as Lillian in her old age, uh, and we think we're invincible, but we're not. Every person dies, but this life is not all there is, and real life is coming. And Jesus over and over again affirmed that. Uh, in John 14, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Um, if this life were all there is, I would tell you plainly, but it's not all there is. I go to prepare a place for you. And so have that assurance today. This Saturday, as you go through your day, know that you know this, this life is not the main stage of the drama. This is the real, the real story is about to emerge as we enter into the next life. So, so just know that our souls will live beyond the lifespan of our present physical bodies. And one day we're going to be given new, perfect, and glorified bodies that our same soul will be wedded to and and that new body is going to have some similarities to our current bodies, and it's going to have probably some otherworldly properties too. That uh, I mean, we may become a bit like Superman, flying through the atmosphere, passing through walls, and and as I ponder that picture of our future selves, um, I think again of that dear, sweet, fragile old lady Lillian who could barely talk, but there was a twinkle in her eye as her body wound down, as if to say. Don't count me out, young man. I will rise again, just like Jesus, my master. Let's pray. Lord, give us grace to fix our hope completely on the grace to be brought to us at the, at the, at the day of Jesus Christ, his return. Uh, may we not place our hope in the things of this life, but in you, Lord Jesus, in your, in your coming again, uh, and your, your transforming us completely into the creatures that you always designed and destined us to be. May our confidence be in you uh, this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.